So, okay, so here's what I'll give you. I'll give you a comparison. I was watching uh, The Blood is Low Rugby, New Zealand versus Australia. Yeah. This young kid, he's 21, I think. But Caleb Clark comes out, just starts running. He busts five tackles and goes maybe 30 yards. I mean, 30 meters. It just, meters. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and I agree. And I, but I don't think he could single-handedly boo the markets like Derrick Henry has been doing in America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe if Americans were watching rugby, they might be like, oh. Yeah, no. I don't know. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is the best football player on the planet. I'm just saying. What he did yesterday was just, it's not even fair. It's really not fair. Well, you know? I saw that he, apparently he hit 21.6 miles per hour in his run yesterday, in a run yesterday. Dude. And he said it was slow. Dude, guys that are that big should not be able to run that fast. It's not just, it's not just that he's big. Everyone sees him running. It's like, oh, he's so big. It's like, dude, no, he's like, he's got great vision. He reads his blockers very well. He reads def- defenders really well. He's good at making a linebacker think that he's going this gap yeah. and he ends up going the, down the... No, I just out. watched his run. He's like 94 yard. Yeah, dude. It's impressive. I'm telling you, man. Jay Powell, nothing on Derek. I don't Henry. know. Jay Powell's nothing. been holding up the economy with one hand and a microphone with the other. So Yeah, well, Derek Henry's been hey, holding a saying. football with one hand and a 260 pound defensive end with the another. Jay Powell's got Take his money down. printing machine and his microphone just what up? I'm hyping. Yeah, well, I think his terms. money printing machine is literally run on Derek Henry's running ability. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Hey, welcome back to Drunkonomics. Can you hear that? Uh, That's being drunk and economical. It's because it's a tall boy? I'm not a tall boy. A, uh, yeah, so this handle. is a... For those of you that care, I mean, I know most of you don't, but for those of you that care, I'm, right now I'm currently drinking Red Bush. It's uh, Bush Mills, the Irish whiskey distillery. It's all triple distilled because it's Irish whiskey. And this one is finished in bourbon cask. So that's why I like drinking it. I don't know. You filling her up? Uh, just getting ready for a reload. Amen, brother. Uh, but yeah, this is Drunkenomics. Uh, so glad you could join us. If this is your first time, welcome to our display. Not a show, because that makes it sound actually structured and, you know, fun. I was going to say, but, you know, welcome to the Chad Chat. It's not a TED talk. Yeah, this is this is the Brad and Chad chat. So uh, I was what was I was gonna I should probably introduce myself. My name is um, uh, Aaron, not Rogers. No, nah, because uh, you're winning. <laughs> I'm winning. Yeah, totally. Yeah, sure, totally. Yeah, and uh, I'm joined alongside my favorite drinking buddy. It's still, I'm um, still James, right? Yes, I am. No, I'm, and it's yeah. I'm James. Are you the so. are you the less gracious host? Or are you the more gracious host? I can't I am the, I'm the I think I'm the LGH, the less gracious host, as we've just kind of voted into that by uh, by other wow. listeners historically. Well, that so. makes me the more gracious host, which means we're not very gracious at all. So well, I mean, it could be worse. Clearly, yeah, obviously. But anyways, thank you for joining us. Um, hope you have yourself a nice drink. And uh, what should we talk about? Well, the markets were garbage today. It's <laughs> a good place to start. Well, the markets have been garbage. For the last couple of days, uh, when I say couple of days, I mean the last couple of business days. Friday wasn't necessarily a great day either. I mean, it wasn't like a catastrophic day, but it wasn't well, a, it wasn't a bullish I day. I guess for those of you wondering, we're recording on the 19th of October. So kind of, that should give you a perspective of what we're talking about. Unless the stimulus actually passes on the 20th, like unless it actually comes to, unless that 48 hour deadline really works and they come up with something that works. 
I don't think the markets are going to do anything spectacular until after the election. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's back up over the weekend. So first of all, I was looking at the markets last night or I was checking like futures and all that kind of stuff. And the implied opening for the US markets today was actually- it supposed to be up. It was in the green. It was, it was, and it, and it opened a hundred points higher. And then it lost, it literally within 45 minutes of trading, it just lost all of its, it lost all of its value. And then it went deeper yeah. um, beyond that after 45 minutes, right? But like last night when I was looking at the markets, you know, I looked in Asia, I looked in Europe, all the markets there were green. You well, know? the Asian markets, so, or at least the Chinese markets, have reasons for that because apparently their third quarter GDP was up. Chinese, the Chinese 4.9%. markets, yeah, exactly. So compared to what? I don't know, but yeah. well, uh, probably compared to quarter two, uh, <laughs> right. uh, which which may not still fo- folks That's be, what I'm be saying. all that awesome. Right. No, but it shows that they're probably on their way out. Yeah, but Europe, I don't know what it was. I don't know why because Europe is start. They're starting to commence another re-shutdown, right? Yeah. No, they are. That's true. They they do yeah, like they're going it, to the other end of shutdowns. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like certain pockets of Europe are ready to just like okay, we need like we need to recontain this because this is getting out of hand again. Well, I saw that France is basically kind of curfewed after nine p.m. across the whole country, and and obviously they had right, some terrorist yeah. attacks, which or they had one yeah, terrorist I mean, attack, which was really bad. So I mean, I can see why the curfewing right, is yeah, so probably has some relationship to that as well. But like um, you know, so there's a curfew in France too, uh, which doesn't help with their local economy. Their version of of the Russell 2000 is you know it, that does none of this is helping, right? No, uh, and their markets were up at least the implied openings. No, I guess when I checked it last night, their markets are probably already open. Yeah, they would. Have I don't been. remember. I don't remember. Well, Europe, I was, looked, I was, Europe has been looking pretty good all things considered uh last few weeks what was really interesting to me is that germany has uh their consumption is uh so the consumption of their goods is up but their exports is down which means that they're just buying more stuff for themselves right now which is a very interesting note to see in germany that was something i noticed last week when i was watching uh their exports are down yeah the german exports were down does that mean they're well like what consumption about like, was still up what about like gdp was up so, oh okay so they're, well, yeah, so essentially they're spending more of their money on themselves yeah, but GDP is all inside, right? It's not. It's not the GNP. So. Yes, but what? I, well, GDP also includes that exports versus imports. Remember, so it's foreign people aren't buying as much of our stuff, but we've made up for that by buying it ourselves. Right. So I guess they're yeah. all buying new BMWs and, and Mercedes, whereas well, I mean, because the, and the Greeks aren't anymore. I guess it's the way to put well, that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying interest rates are so low. Why not go? For, why not take on another car loan? Apparently, well, right? I mean, so and there's some, if you've got the capital to do it, there's some argument to be said that yeah, this is the time historically to refinance a house to buy that to make that new major purchase. The problem is you have income insecurity. So on the one hand, yeah, it's great, but on the other hand, boy, could it be a really bad decision? Right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, that income insecurity. We're I guess the biggest headline from this last weekend was uh, Nancy Pelosi decided to just like all right. The ball's not in my court anymore. I, I, I'm done panhandling. This is, yeah, I'm get, just going to say get this. Get it together and come to- come 48 to, hours. You guys well, have 48 hours. And I get it. I, I can understand her her frustration. She passed a, a $3.5 trillion, or the House passed a $3.5 trillion stimulus. Uh, what was it? June, July? It was June. Mm-hmm. They passed one. So they passed the they passed the big one in uh, April. The House passed another one in June. And then she passed a $2.2 trillion stimulus just last month. That was, that was, like, two, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. But the Senate has not taken up either of those bills. The Senate has not nego- has not does not seem to have negotiated at all. Or if they have, it's not been in good faith. Yeah, and like you know, Mitch McConnell. I mean, his whole deal is because I feel like he's really the guy that's kind of like it's oh, he's, he's in the. I would way. say he's your stick in the mud. Right. Yeah. Like I would say he's like ninety percent of the problem. Oh, I would. I would absolutely if, agree. If not more. Um, I, I, but- I, I would say this: if the three point five trillion had passed, and if that previous bill had been passed on to the president with both houses, he would have signed it. And if uh, this two point two trillion 
were to pass the Senate tomorrow, the president would sign. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if he's looking at the poll numbers or if he just, I feel like if he looked at the poll numbers, he'd be like, oh my God, like this is, like I need to do something, right? Yeah. Because these numbers, and I feel like part of it is like, if if he were to, maybe he does look at the poll numbers. Maybe he looks at them and he's like, well, the polls last election favored Hillary too, but I still won. I, but the difference is now the polls are much more slanted in Biden's fla- in Biden's favor. They and are. Biden is getting and Biden is getting so much help from like the NFL, NBA, like the movies. Well, I like think the other thing all is all these actors and actresses. He's getting so much help from those guys saying go vote and vote for Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. So he's also got, and I think this is another thing people are kind of ignoring when they look at the polls. Now, I'm not saying look at the polls and be complacent. Absolutely, if you're a U.S. citizen, go vote. Well, vote your conscience. Vote your no matter who you vote for, I'd rather vote. you be an educated voter. Well, yes, right. I would. I would obviously like you to be informed on the issues, but you know, please exercise your franchise if you have the right to do so. But what they've done this time around is it's no longer just is like it's no longer the national or the national polls that they're looking at, but it's made up of fifty of the fifty states in polls. So they're actually polling now in the electoral college the way it should have been done last time around, and they're finding yeah. now. Well, this yeah. is the deal. Yeah, well, this is the. I, I feel like this is my actual opinion about the uh, political climate. And you can say what you will about Nancy Pelosi. You can say what you will about Mitch McConnell and Steve Mnuchin. First of all, I think Steve Mnuchin has actually done a pretty great job of handling the situation. He he's been like the most like thank God he's there. Uh, aside from him, everyone's kind of been like, oh my God, what like why are you like wh- yeah? Why do you have a job? <laughs> You know, well, that's, that's, that's that's literally my opinion. Those elections are the weirdest job interviews ever. Yeah, yeah um, seriously, that's literally... No, the, the interesting... So for me, kind of the... And I think you're right. I think Mnuchin's original plan was probably the best one. And the fact that he let himself get browbeaten down from three direct transfer payments of $2,000 to one off of 1200 was... I think that was a real mistake. And I think that... Uh, I don't think it's his fault. It's you know No, it's I mean? not. Well, it's not. Because he doesn't... Remember, he doesn't have any political power. He's appointed and confirmed by the Senate. Right, yeah. That's it. He doesn't get to sit here and say, I have a mandate from voters because he doesn't have a mandate from voters. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing for me is I think, you know, we've looked at October and we've said it's underperforming, it's not doing well, but that's historical for a pre-election October. Yeah, exactly. Because the market, it's uncertainty. The markets respond to uncertainty and it's who's going to be in charge. Now there's more uncertainty than ever. Is the president going to concede the election or concede that he has lost if he in fact does lose? Yeah, I don't want to make my predictions because I feel like if I do, it's going to start getting into like a political discussion and uh, I'm probably going to say something that I shouldn't have said. Um, well, <laughs> but uh, too late. I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. But I, like, I don't know. I feel like the leaders that we've elected and I say we, when I say we, I don't really mean we, I mean like the people that have been representing uh, the, the two different political parties of this country oh, have yeah. really ruined, they've ruined the parties like the like the democratic party is ruined the republican party is extremely ruined yeah they're completely like no one wants to be either anymore i guess i don't want to say no well, one wants bothers to be me either. is still kind of like the the first question that get that gets asked if you so if you show up at a party and you say hey i want to run for congress for this district because the incumbent from our part from this party or blah, blah, blah basically the first question that they ask you on either side is well how much money do you think you can raise a week yeah what so, not what do you stand for not Blah, blah, blah. Who are you? How much money do you think you can get? Not if this bill gets passed, how would you vote on it? Because that's essentially what, that's your job, I, right? You review a bill and then you vote on it or yeah. whatever. I, you know, that's essentially what you're supposed to, you're supposed to do, you know, like, hey, why don't, I want to raise teacher salaries. To, yeah. What do you like? You know, what do you, not what do you stand for? Uh, not 
where do you it costs no, it's this just, much? Yeah, how like, much no. money can you get us? That's it. That's all they seem to care about. And I think that's so a, maybe that's what's ultimately good. destroyed the political oh, system yeah. in money? America. But I, don't know. <laughs> I absolutely think you're right. It is money. But regardless, <laughs> now, let's see. So that's regardless. I here's, mean, so here's it, actually it, another one. I was I was reading some more statistics about uh, kind of how economies fare around elections. And I think another reason that Oct- that this October has been so interesting, and so the reason that we're going to see, no matter who wins, so Trump wins, the markets are going to go down the, the next few days because, especially if the House stays Democrat, because then you're going to see, okay, well, the government is now at loggerheads again. It's not going to function as smoothly as it could. But if it goes the other way, if Biden wins, if the House stays uh, in the Democrats' hands and the Senate, the Senate. And the, wow, in the Senate, no, in the Senate, and the Senate switches, like it might, like it looks like, like it's looking like it possibly could. But if it goes entirely blue, I think you see the markets go down then too, because now it means that one party has control of all three and is capable then of actually ushering in some very serious uh, change right, to economic yeah. structures, and that and that's enough also to cause you know markets and people to go like, what are they going to do? Yeah, you know well, what's, it's, what it's is going to happen? It's uncertainty about change versus uncertainty about inefficiency. It's it's all and that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Is like whenever whenever we feel like there's any sort of any sense of uncertainty, we the markets always react negatively first, and then once they realize it's not as bad, then they might bounce back or whatever. But it always starts with a negative initial reaction but the thing is like i was watching the news today and i was watching um i forget who it was but it was someone from jp morgan and someone from Citigroup that was on cnbc earlier today okay. and they're saying no the market the markets have already priced in the uh yeah multiple times the potential the, yeah the markets have already but they've already priced in the potential no. if biden wins right because everyone thinks that when biden wins the markets are going to tank but a couple strategists have from JP Morgan and um, and Goldman and City and all those all those big banks have been like, we really don't think the markets are going to react that negatively towards um, a blue takeover on Capitol Hill. Which you know, I have my thoughts about that. I would argue um, that they have priced it. They know what they think things will do, and so they know where right. they'll want to put their money and what they're willing to sell. But it's, at what price or buy at what price? Yeah, but it's but it's all about guidance. I mean, anything anymore? Obviously, anymore. The takeaway from this year about the markets is. Revenues don't matter. Book value doesn't matter. It's all about guidance. Well, book value, right? ha- book <laughs> value hasn't mattered for quite some time. <laughs> know, in my but, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's like the ultimate lesson of 2020 was is like none of that stuff matters. It's all about guidance. Oh, yeah. you, you, you mean the fact the fact that investors don't care about what has been or what what is and what is they care more about what might be in the future. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That the, they no longer that they. Oh well, yeah, it's the fact that we might get a stimulus. Markets have gone up on the idea that there might be a stimulus, like four or five times. And then when stimulus doesn't have, that goes up 400 points and then the, no stimulus, it goes down 100 points. The response is, how many times are you going to be like, ah, yeah, it's like, well, okay, it's, stop, stop. When yeah. someone says, oh, there's, there might be a stimulus next week. I guess when does, when does the investing public become immune to like the, the promise of maybe? Okay. Well, but hear me out real quick. So if I guaranteed you that this, that there was going to be a stimulus bill tomorrow, and this is Monday, October 19th, if we haven't mentioned that already, if I guaranteed you that we're coming out with a stimulus bill tomorrow, um, October 20th, would you want to be hold? would you like, would you not go out and buy stocks today? I, I probably would. Exactly. But, but I, again, but again. If you were the same guy that's been guaranteeing me there's be, there's going to be a stimulus tomorrow for the last three months. Okay, I hear. Okay, I understand. I that, would but not I'm saying, necessarily like, believe you. I understand that, but I'm saying like let's say like I, I knew say for you instance, knew, yeah. right? I knew for instance that like, they're for sure coming out with a bill, and not to mention no, Steve I agree. Mnuchin. And I think the two of them are negotiating in good faith. I think that they have the president on board, 
or Mnuchin does. You know, you see Trump's tweets where he said, I want a bigger stimulus than any side is coming up with. 1.8 trillion. I was like, well, the Democrats have 2.2 and 1.8 is not bigger than that. So someone needs to explain that to him. And then, <laughs> well, I, I hate this. I hate to put it that way, but it, it's, I mean, I don't. I kind of think that's Let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole yeah, this, this no, week. Uh, it's so, not today. But, uh, so, so sim- but like, here's the thing. So the stimulus still requires the Senate. And Mitch McConnell on Wednesday, so the 21st, has said, oh, I'm going to put my $500 billion plan up for, I'm sure he's done a whip count. I don't think he has the votes. I don't think he has the votes to get it passed. I don't think he does either. I think it, I think it fails and he goes, oh, there's, I, no I will, it, there's no will for stimulus in the Senate. And I, if they won't yeah. do $500 billion, they won't do $2.2 trillion. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if anyone knows this, but that, this is actually a really, really good Mitch McConnell impression. It's because I, it's uh-huh. because I, I protrude my you stick jowl. Out, you stick out your, your gobbling chin. My, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the turkey gobble, so that jowl. Yeah. I stick it out, like, and then I do my, my best snapping turtle face. Yeah, and, and he always talks like his eyes are like this, you know. Right, and he always has this stupid smile. Right, yeah, yeah. We yeah. went on vacation right. when the when the house passed the last stimulus bill. I don't. <laughs> he, no, he's, he's, the, a, he's he's an absolute yeah, stick in the But butt. anyways, uh, the point I'm trying to make is like, if the stimulus is passing, if there is a stimulus passing, ideally you would want to be in the market well, when they announce yeah. it. And when it passes, well, also, those but two I also days, want to know what the stimulus grow. is because if it's more monetary stimulus, right? I don't know if that's what do you mean. Let's put this the, the market's going to react to it positively, no matter what. No, like well, literally, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what instrument. No, delivery mechanism. The, you're right. The, yeah, the delivery method doesn't matter. It doesn't matter well, how it's getting to well, you. Well, yeah, I mean, it does, but 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 it's but for fiscal stimulus, it seems like we're finally having fiscal stimulus that's fast. Well, it's kind of a first. But I feel like it's it's. I mean. It's always been in their pocket. They've always known that they had this car that they could play, but they didn't want to just show it to everybody right away. Well, right? historically, there's always been that phrase is that the death of the United States comes when the American citizens realize they can vote, um, that they can vote money to themselves from the treasury. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know if that's what we're at right now, but we're definitely flirting with it with the, uh, with the direct payment, with the direct like transfers from the government, which I think are good things. I think it's actually a very good thing. I think, like I said, Mnuchin's $2,000 I mean, a month situ- for three months was probably, I mean, three months seems a little short given the context of the fact that yeah. the disease has not receded and 39 states are now seeing huge upswings and we're going into flu season. Yeah, but I do think it's situational. Like, I don't think, I mean, if the government can just give you money willy-nilly, I, I mean, that's- I would agree that in the current form, yeah, it's a response to an, it's an extreme response to an extreme situation. Yeah, uh, that hopefully will end soon. And um, well, there's also anyone who's out there studying economics, political science, or or a combination of the two. This could be a very interesting time to look at essentially what is the very first instance in the United States of uh, uh, universal basic income. Oh, with uh, Andrew Yang, Andrew yeah. Yang's thing. The two thousand so really dollars, the freedom dividend. So yeah, so universal basic income. So Finland has done an experiment on it uh, that ended. I have not. I know the data is, I know it the, It was expected to last three years. It lasted, I think, two and a half or three years. They've ended that experiment. No research has, to my knowledge, the research has, not a whole lot of research has been published. Um, I know it didn't do a lot of the things they expected it to do or they'd hoped it was going to do. I know it also didn't do all the things that the disaster guys were like, well, it's just going to break everything. It did, that didn't happen either. So I think it was, it was, it was probably ineffectual. Yeah, well, I think but I look forward was- to reading that. Reading that and then reading this to see is going to be an interesting right, comparison. Because I, so. I, I remember seeing that the thing that Finland did, and, I, and it was about teachers. It was, I, from what I've read, it was around no, what, uh, uh, the occupation. No, the one I'm talking about is they went to one city and they gave everyone in that city, whether they wanted it or not, 
They gave them a certain amount of money every month, regardless so here, of how much money you earned every month. And all I, that kind of stuff. I, I, I can't, I can't speak additional. to that without regard, but I, I think it was without, it was regardless of of income. Otherwise, wow. I suppose the real issue is, is that I'm just thinking like as someone who's a little more pragmatic, and I met, and, and I know fin, Finnish people are pragmatic. You have to be pragmatic about well, this isn't forever. And so when someone says, okay, well, we're going to pay you enough to essentially have rent and to eat comfortably, are you going to quit your current job and go to a new job that's the art? And it's like, well, if my job was that I'm doing now is good. And it's like, well, I can go be a piano tuner, uh, which won't make me enough money, but this, but this universal basic income is supporting me, but this is only for three years. My response is, why would I go do something that I know ends? Right. Yeah. Instead of, instead of staying where I am. Yeah, And like, you know, three years from now, am I going to still have that opportunity? With my employer, well, yeah. Can I? Right? Am I going to be able to come back to my current employer, yeah, or will I have missed out yeah. on that promotion? Uh, yeah, will I miss out on promotion? Will I? Will I be walking into what I know is a lower tier, but would make me happier, but ends, and then I can't right. come back, or right? So like, it's, yeah, yeah. And so, if you want to so think about like oh, this, I mean, it's like a bunch of IRA contributions. I don't know what I don't know what kind of instruments they have there, but I'm saying like 401k IRA, whatever. Those contributions you're missing out three years of those too. Well, you're uh, they're they're a very socialized most uh, like most of Europe. They're a very socialized states, so there's not so the needs to be independently wealthy by the time you quit working are not quite so uh present. Well, the crazy thing is because like, so, obviously you'd still need some but like it's not like they need to yeah. be able to have money for the retirement community the health care all that because that's that's something that, that they're as one yeah, of the but, but, they're okay on yeah. in terms of yeah, no. what their taxes are paid yeah. for. And, and the weird thing about that study was it was one of those deals where um the republicans in america took that study and they're like oh my gosh look how much they're paying taxes like people that make an equivalent fifty six thousand dollars a year in Finland in disposable income, like post post tax disposable, or if you want to call it discretionary income, they don't make that. Like it's really like you know twenty five thousand dollars or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know how sure. I don't know how they balance yeah. it out. No, then, like yeah, but the you, Republicans said that, and then the Democrats were like, "Look how happy they are. Their happiness well, scale yeah. is and great. So you know, they don't have to pay yeah, for this. So, they don't have to pay for this. They don't have to pay for you well." Know. The, well, the, so the funny thing is, like you, you see a lot of these comparisons. It's like, well, so you might say, "Oh, you have thirty thousand dollars of discretionary income in the U.S. and you'd only have twenty thousand dollars of discretionary income in a year in, in one of those European nations." Or whatever. Finland is in Finland, yeah. but then it's like, oh yeah, but uh, over the course of the year, your your private health insurance premiums are twelve thousand dollars. Well, actually, no, your American income is lower because than your well, the, income your discretionary income because, because you have to pay that health. Yeah, but that was because you're thing, paying so like, that premium, right? Yeah, because I and I think I remember because I didn't really dive into this 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 research or this experiment very much. I remember seeing a couple results, a couple findings, a couple dissertations, or whatever you want to call it, and I remember seeing that. I mean, the amount of taxes. Well, the big argument is I've read that essentially is if you pay a thousand dollars more a year in taxes, but you're paying three thousand dollars less a year in health in insurance, insurance expenses. premiums yeah. and health insurance expenses, you're making more money. You're coming out ahead. Yeah, you're yeah. giving it to well, the government, not well, to a private the company. Bur- and then yeah, that's, that's the, the Bernie Sanders argument. But the thing yeah. is, and it's and to be but, fair, uh, it's it's not. If the numbers are there, it's not a bad argument. It's a valid argument. Well, sure, it's a valid argument. But I also think if all of a sudden tax rates are hiked here in the U.S. Does that automatically mean that health insurance rates are going to drop? We don't know. We we don't know, right? It, it could, he, he could be right. Well, he could be wrong, right? I so, think if, so. If you look at the fact, if you so if you were to I mean, create well, I mean, a government, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't really want to have this conversation. This could be another episode. This could be a healthcare episode. Yeah, yeah. Could, I don't really want, want to have this too. conversation because I want, I do want to talk about uh, that's right. You know, monetary to, and fiscal stimulus. Although I will stimulus, say, but, uh, with the warnings that we're getting from your boy Luke, okay, I loved his analogy, by the way. So for those of you that don't know, first of all, I didn't I didn't watch it. I feel terrible because I'm he's one of my good buddies. Oh, but anyways, I I did I I happened to I don't. 
want to say wake up because that's just not true. Uh, I happen to still be awake. <laughs> it was six in the morning. Schedule. Well, yeah, I know. I was about to go to sleep. Oh, no kidding! Wow. I, so you actually saw I went to bed, him live. I was about seven thirty this morning. Yeah. Wow. So you actually saw him live. I did. Yeah. No, I saw him live. Wow. Uh, well, I happened to be clicking through. I, I didn't see him like live. Live. He was. I was probably about ten minutes delayed. Okay. But um, you were, but you wa- you were watching Fox Business when he was on. Yeah, I, I decided to look this wow. morning at Fox Business and CNBC. That's cool. And I have yeah, and then I I saw a face and I heard a voice as I was kind of going back and forth between screens and I went, hang on. I know this guy. He was, he's been good enough to have us on his podcast. So let's, uh, let's see what he's got to say. And didn't say anything wrong. I, I absolutely agree with him. He was, he was, he was on the money. Yeah. Boy, I thought my analogies were good. He's got some good analogies, folks. Okay. Let's not sell yourself short, James. Your analogies are totally worthy as well. I mean, Luke's <laughs> got some great analogies, but uh, let's, let's, you know, your analogies are definitely worth drinking to, hey. say the least. So, but uh, a little backstory, in case you guys are wondering, Luke Lloyd is one of my good friends. I interned with him at CNBC, and um, he recently got a job at Strategic Wealth Partners. Uh, not recently, I guess it was like almost two years ago, he got a job at Strategic Wealth Partners in Cleveland, Ohio. He's been killing it, and he's been appearing on the TD Ameritrade Network a lot. He's been appearing on Yahoo Finance. He's been appearing on Cheddar. And recently, he's been on Fox Business. And when I say Fox Business, yes, I mean the Fox Business. He was being interviewed by Maria Bartomeu, but yep. Bartomeu, whatever. Bartomeu, was I, I forget. I forget how to say her name. Yeah. But she used to work. At, she used to work at CNBC. She's like one of the best business journalists in the world. And she, like, she was like the main person that covered the 2008 mortgage crisis. She's in the movie Wall Street. Uh, Money never sleeps. I mean, that's how that's how reputable of a business journalist she is. She's like Bartomeu. Bartomeu. Maria Bartiromo. Yeah. Luke Lloyd was being interviewed by Maria Bartiromo. Bartiromo. Yeah, he was a guest on. Yeah, which is absolutely absurd. That's pretty you know? cool. I knew him before he was famous, so just just saying. It's real friendship. Yeah, true friendship. <laughs> uh, but wait, wait so I, no, I, so I, he gets so he was essentially asked, uh, or at least the part where I'm like, you know, boom, he was asked. It was, uh, what do you think about a second stimulus, and is it necessary? And um, his response is, yeah. It is kind of the description, as he put it, the analogy used was uh, back in March and April. It's like we broke our left arm, but we could use our left arm oh, to, that's to right. get up. Okay, and yeah. that, we could use our right arm to get to push ourselves off the ground and get up. And that was essentially what that stimulus did, but it wasn't enough. And the thing is, because he says, you know, right now, if Europe is any indication, Europe's shutting down again. It looks like Europe is starting to shut down again. And pockets of pockets of the U.S. are starting to shut down, or at least limit uh, capacity. Well, even uh, Nebraska, as of uh, the twenty first, is it back at half capacity in all restaurants? Oh, really? That actually, Wisconsin- that, and that actually is what scares me because it's like. Pete Ricketts did not want to shut down the last time around. And to be fair, I kind of understand because of the numbers that were coming through. Sure, yeah. But now, the fact that now Pete's like, actually, no, now as a, at the statewide level, I am going to start issuing orders. It's like, what did they tell you? Yeah. And I don't want to be, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to be the source of any sort of unwanted fear or unnecessary fear. Cool. But I, but I'm just saying, like this happened also in Wisconsin too, right? Wisconsin mm-hmm. went even further. They they were like, all right, we're not doing half capacity. We're doing a quarter of capacity. Anything yeah. quarter. And then you know, Andrew Cuomo in New York has pretty much been like, yeah, like we're not. Nothing is opening up, right? Like yeah. and, and New York's been, pretty, been. He has. They have. They have. De- they put their foot down. and They have not lifted it up. Yeah. But I will I say this, and um, this is a different subject. But I am going to give him props real quick. There are a lot of things that Andrew Cuomo and I do not agree on. But yeah, <laughs> putting it mildly, double O seven. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of things that him and I don't agree on. But I will give him kudos because he is trying to save the film industry. So he's letting people rent theaters and stuff, and he's reopening theaters. Yeah, so he's reopening no, he understands theaters. the entertainment 
Yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, and if if anybody knows me, everybody knows. It, like, if you know me, you would know that that the film industry is very important to me. So yeah, no, it, yeah. it's it's. Anyways, yeah. I digress. No, it, it's yeah. um. Yeah, no, I, I but uh, so so back to back to but back to uh, monetary to policy. On, on yeah. Oh yeah. Well, but no, he says what he says. He says if there is no stimulus and the U.S. shuts down again, he said it's going to be like breaking our right arm and falling down. Yeah. Our left arm is still broken. We will not be. It will take a long time to get back up. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right. We. I, I think honestly that we probably as a nation had an opportunity in uh in March April. When most of the country was shut down, if we followed a more New Zealand model that actually was stay-at-home orders, mandatory masks everywhere, you know, even if it's not in your community, if you do everything everywhere, if you quash it everywhere doing the same thing and no one's moving around, yeah, you're right. The people in Nebraska and the people in North and South Dakota and the people in like parts of middle nowhere, Texas and the people in them and, and stuff like that, they're all going to sit here and be like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. This doesn't affect me. And and the response is, well, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. We do this now. It sucks to get, everyone is suffering together like this for a month. At the end of that month, you can suddenly go, okay, go about your business. I mean, it's kind of like what Bill Ackman said on CNBC uh, back in March. Yeah. And he was like, just everybody, sh- everybody just stay at home for a whole month. And the government's going to have to eat that cost and pay you. Yeah. But- yeah, no, and, and, then, and of, course, I, no. of course, hindsight 2020, you know, and I don't know this for sure. There's no way of knowing for sure. But I feel like if everybody had actually done what Bill Ackman said, you know, granted, stay at home life might not have been that great for a lot of people with, you know, abusive families and all that kind of, and, and my sympathies towards them. Oh, yeah. But, no, and that's, um, and that's something that's, right. That's something we've, that's we've, that's talked about his, like, we've talked about in the past, kind of some of the right. interesting things to come yeah, out that's, of this. That's things that, those are some things that have been tossed around too. And I, you know, and seriously, my deepest sympathies sympathies for those yeah no that's not okay Um, yeah but uh in all actuality if we had i feel like if we had listened to bill ackman you know everything would be fine right the interesting thing is the talks where they say like oh the u.s is going into its third wave and i'm like i'm not this isn't the third wave this is still i think the first wave it it never the first never ended because they say right yeah in order for it to be a wave there has to have been a trough we (laughs) never had a trough we had these peaks that plateaued and then peaked again and plateaued and peaked again i mean it dropped a little bit but not you know our lowest point we were still having twenty thousand cases a day yeah our lowest yeah but but, but that's not a trough that's, but that's, no, but it but it came down from the forty thousand. Well, yeah, and then so we're down. That's what I mean. That's, and then down to twenty. That's what I mean by hundred thousand, and then now we're down to what fifty five thousand. I'm not trying to be a smartass. I'm just saying. No, no, no. It is trough. Okay, fine. It is a trough, but it is certainly not like a sine wave in terms of creating a trough. But ultimately, what, like the whole deal with you know with, with what Luke was saying was economically we've broken our arms, right? I mean, we've broken one, markets, and we might break another. We're, we're on the brink of breaking the next arm. We broke but one the, arm, and now we're ice skating drunk. Yeah, exactly. It's just a and bad. It's a recipe for bad. Ice, well, ice skating drunk in eighty degree weather, but or I guess <laughs> it's pretty cold. It's pretty cold where you are. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah, no. It snowed last night, Aaron. Ooh, yeah. sorry to hear that, man. Hey, uh, today was a pretty rough day. It was 68 degrees. Oh, yeah. Um, you had to put your shorts on, huh? Yeah. I, I was wearing a hoodie all day today. Ah, I just, poor I bastard. Just, I just took it off. How do you do it? How do you yeah, make it? I don't it? know. Like, I don't it's, know. It's really hard to be me. I know, Aaron. Thank God you're there to take one for the I, team. Thank God God made me <laughs> so that everyone can compare their you know, adversities too. Yeah. That's not true. I, I haven't really, I haven't much easier than I deserve. So um, if anyone's actually wondering, um, I'm, I am very fortunate. Not like yeah. Bill Ackman fortunate, but, you know, no. very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, sure. Totally. I just need a little bit more Irish whiskey for that to happen. Uh, but anyways, economically, we're very crippled. Absolutely. Uh, there's no way, in my opinion, that the markets, and when I say markets, I mean everything. Dow, yep. S&P. The financial markets. Uh, NASDAQ. And the Russell, the Russell 2000, like, 
how they're being held up, I think it's just kind of like indication of the S&P and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, with the unemployment rates, like last Friday. Oh, yeah, they're unbelievable. Yeah, well, last Friday, what killed the markets on Friday was the jobs, was the employment Was it 880,000? You know? It's it like 895,000. Yeah, new, so right? new unemployment claims versus 815 expected or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a big disparity. Uh, well, you're starting right to there. see in the US, like, let's put it this way 50, at 100% capacity, restaurants, if everyone's there, restaurants can do great. At 50% capacity, if everyone's there, restaurants, if they can turn the tables fast enough, restaurants can do okay. You get below 50% capacity, a restaurant, a bar. There's no way they're breaking. There's no way they can break. You can't do so it. So what you have to do in those situations is you have to take, so if you have a team, normally on a night, you have eight servers, you have to be like, we're at 50% capacity. I only need we're four. Only four. And guess what? You guys can spread out a little bit. You get this section, you get this section. These, the tables need to spread out anyways. So it's like, we only need four servers to man all these sections. Now all these guys, if they do keep all their employees, they're all Making half as much money. Half, Let's put it that they're way. making half as much money and working half the hours, right? And rent, folks, doesn't go down by half because you're working less than half, right? That, that's not yeah, how that works. It, what's the latest you've heard of forbearance programs? CDC has given most people in the U.S. If you're willing to sign, if you're willing to get a sworn statement and give a sworn statement to the court stating that you have uh, that you're unable to pay because COVID has affected your employment, an eviction court will not evict you. So essentially, the CDC has given you that ability to through the end of the year. There shouldn't be any more evictions. Now, having said that, uh, the moment that every state program, either state programs or federal programs, the moment there was nothing stopping you, stopping major landlords from, evic- from filing evictions, we saw evictions come back with a vengeance across the U.S. Oh, yeah. Well, it, now you file this paperwork. It, you file this paperwork and you say like at the end, what, it's, what, what all the CDC and everything else is doing is saying is you still owe your landlord this money. But they can't evict you for non-payment because we recognize that this is an extreme situation. Yeah. Uh, but, but you still owe them money. Yeah, but I still think a lot of people have avoided their eviction for the sake of avoiding an eviction. So, like, instead of, I guess, not paying and then waiting, waiting to get evicted, they would just move out. You know, like a lot of people that lived in New York City, they moved out and went home to, like, Ohio or Pennsylvania yep. or West Virginia yeah. to, to go live with their parents. Well, yeah. You know, so, so those guys didn't get evicted. You well, they might I mean? still have technically gotten evicted. They just left before. It's not like they were ending up on the streets. They went somewhere else as they were being evicted. It's it's, it's right. They, just, they kind of saw the writing on the wall, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't well, want yeah. to. I want to. I want to avoid this interaction." Well, with my, it's, I want to avoid the cop coming to my house, kicking me out. I'll clear out my apartment and head home. So when the eviction shows up, it's essentially. I mean, if, if you're if you if what you're doing is really smart, you well, not even really smart, but you go to your landlord and you say, "Hey, look, COVID, this, this, and this. I can't pay." I'm breaking my lease and it hurts your rental history, but not, I think, as much as an eviction. And I think that anyone in the future who's looking at renting to you and they look at the fact that, oh, they broke their lease in April of 2020. Like, oh, well, well, what else was happening then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. COVID. You went home. I can't hold that against you. So frankly, it makes sense. I get it. it checks out. Right. Yeah. But yeah no, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, I mean, like I said, it's a can kick down the yeah. road. It's a problem. And I don't know. Like, I, like who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, freaking, I haven't seen the meeting notes. There, there's no notification on my phone or anything like that, that I've seen about the meeting notes with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Have you seen anything like that with Nancy Pelosi? And, no, they're not going to let those loose. They just, they met at three o'clock. Yeah, but they're not going to let their notes loose. They, they met at market close and it's literally, okay, so here we go. This is what I'm seeing. Okay, so futures are up 100 points already. Yeah, um, as we but futures have been up on 
promise of them last okay, night. Okay, well, uh, time out. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that as in tomorrow that we're going to have a good day in the markets or we're going to have a bullish day in the markets. I'm just saying futures are up because of what Nancy Pelosi apparently and Steve Mnuchin have been talking about. Yeah. So the headline that I'm reading right here uh, markets on up, is, Markets up 100 points. They plan right. to meet again tomorrow. Pelosi and Mnuchin make progress in stimulus talks, plan to speak again Tuesday, right? So I wonder, that, so this, is, this would be very interesting for me. Maybe it's yeah. too optimistic on like the political side of the spectrum. But if Mnuchin and Pelosi come to an absolute agreement, this is what they want. I don't think it's that hard to get the president on board. I don't think it is either. See, I, 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 there's got to be the writing either way where they essentially say, like, if you come on board with this, then you're working with the opposite party, which, yeah, doesn't look great for you because you've really harangued them for a while. But you can then turn on Mitch McConnell, who's facing re-election, and go, hey, Mitch, get with the program publicly. I don't know if they will. It's just it's optimistic to think that they would do that this close to an election. But no, I think uh, I'm kind of like you, like you and I disagree politically so vastly. And yes, James and I get along still, even though we disagree politically. Yeah, that's that's fathomable. okay, people. But anyways, we disagree pretty substantially politically. But you and I could both agree on the fact that we don't really like Mitch McConnell that much. He's he's, (laughs) he's terrible. Yeah, no, but I just why why can't we just have like normal people? Well, because 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 how much money can you earn us a week? That's why we don't have normal people. It's true. How, How much of a show can you put on? I mean. And that's really what it is. Are you, like, are how you much independently like, wealthy or can you or can you afford to get donors to give you upwards of millions of dollars? Right, yeah. And if the answer to that is either or both of those is no, then their response is, and there's, well, thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, voting Democrat. The door? Thanks there, for voting yeah. Republican. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to come out of this. They, they've been talking about this for, for forever. Oh, well, yeah. And we've been talking about this forever. Yep. And still nothing's, nothing's well, it's because It's because, but at this point they need to, so I guess to get to our topic of monetary versus fiscal stimulus. Yeah, and I do want to talk more about it, but the Cardinals playing three minutes. So uh, I, mean, I was just gonna say, like, you know. monetary policy is like there's that there's always that story of the kid with his thumb in the dike at the Netherlands. Like, monetary policy is putting your thumb in the dike to stop a leak. Fiscal policy policy is like actual people showing up to like fix the hole. Yeah. So you don't have to sit there with your thumb in the entire time. Right. Because it's a problem. Exactly. Uh, and it's, I think monetary policy is very much like the one-stop shop. I mean, there's so many different types of monetary policy. Well, it's fast. Monetary easing. It's it's super it's fast. It's really but, fast. But apparently fiscal policy can obviously be can fast, be fast now too. too. So yeah. uh, it just kind of depends how it gets distributed. That's that's literally the only well, difference yeah. between fiscal policy. You know, if fiscal policy normally isn't this fast. It sh- and it well, normally shouldn't so be. The speed of fiscal policy is dependent on two things. If they do transfer payments, which is what they've done this last time, is right, that $1,200 check, and then then free money to companies. That, too, was another thing. But the the stimulus, if you give that money to people with a very low um, propensity to save, people people that are going to spend it, that's amazing straight stimulus. Yeah. Because it goes straight back into consumption. Um, If you give it to people with very high propensity to save or propensity to invest, that's not going to show up in the economy at all. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go into investment. Yeah, because spending is really what drives the economy. 70% Uh, of the US economy is spending. spending, It's consumption spending. And this kind of goes back to what Luke was saying on Fox Business was, you know, you break your arm. Still got another one. You still you still have another one, but what what they're doing is with with the monetary policies, they're just wrapping really tight bandage around it and putting a decent enough brace to on get, it. Uh, the the splint to get you to the hospital. Yeah, so just all right, you can get up and walk around, but instead of going to the hospital, you're just like, oh, I can stop by this bar for another drink. Oh, I can go snowboarding. Yeah. Oh, whatever. What's what's what you know? It, it feels fine in this brace. I can do whatever, right? But what they're doing is they're patching up the problem. 
But they're not, not actually solving. solving the yeah. real problem. The real problem is you have a broken arm. Yeah. It's not you can't use your arm. It, your arm is broken. You got to fix your arm. You do something. You, you know? maybe even rest your arm. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's ultimately you got to right. fix your arm. That's the solution. You got to fix your arm. And that and, requires going to the hospital and getting a cast. And like economically, takes- like this, this stimulus plan, I do think will be really good for the economy short term. It'll be fantastic for markets. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the same thing because they're not. Well, um, it's good for but, the economy if you – so. As I understand well, it, like the said. agreement funds – the new stimulus funds a $400 a week unemployment subsidy for the federal government on top of whatever the state's giving and then more direct payments. I think it's a second $1,200 check, which again, for the richest country in the world, stop being fucking cheap government. But yeah. uh, <laughs> if Mitch keeps doing this stick in the mud routine – He's ahead of of his opponent by about six percentage points. Oh, I would I would have no idea. But, I, I follow because uh, McGrath is interest. I, I think McGrath. What's interesting is watching a, uh, a retired Marine I mean, fighter pilot more of a run against him, and he's like, "I this will be my seventh term in the Senate, and I I've done a very good job for Kentucky. I get them a lot of pork barrel. Mo- I mean, I get a lot of money for them from the federal government." And it's like, "Aw, no." You can't. That's not okay. You're socializing Kentucky, which I'm not totally against because that's where all the bourbon comes from. But, yeah, but know. I mean, like, but you're the Republican. You can't be. Come for on, selfish, you, you got to be a little subtle. I'm saying for selfish reasons, man. If all of a sudden they subsidize bourbon production, I'd be like, oh yes, absolutely. Well, they already do to an extent. Okay, corn oh, okay. subsidies. Okay, let's not let's not open this can of worms no, okay? Seriously. because I know. Okay, but I'm just you saying. Have kickoff. <laughs> well, one, I have kickoff. Uh, we already kicked off, but also. I'm just saying a bourbon subsidy would not be the end of the world. You know, as a matter of fact, I feel like this is, yeah. I think, I think this is what the nature of our political climate and our oh. economic climate calls for is a bourbon subsidy. Isn't that right? Flinny boy. Yep. Flynn is here too. Isn't that right? Flinny boy. Oh, Flynn. Yeah. Here to, oh, um, is it, is it time to finish? Because the Cardinals are already playing and they're playing the Cowboys. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so it's, it's my so team. So it's your team versus your versus local? my local team. Yeah. That's big. And Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton is starting for the Cowboys because I don't know if you guys saw Dak Prescott's oh, yeah. ankle and God, you know, God rest D- Dak Prescott, man. Like I'm not like a Dak Prescott fan by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I just you you, you hate seeing stuff yeah. like that, right? Uh, so you don't want anything bad to happen to someone, but I bet economically, and this is my kind of view, is I bet he feels really bad that he didn't sign the agreement that he, the five year. Hundred million oh, the one guaranteed. That Jerry, the one that, the yeah. Jerry, that Jerry Jones get. Well, because he wanted thirty three million a year, and um, they were offering him thirty five. No, they weren't. They offered him they were, thirty five for five. Guarantees. They offered him twenty five for five. I thought. I don't know. I don't. I remember. saw thirty five for five. A hundred million guaranteed. I'm not gonna lie. So like, I'm not like a. I'm not a Dak Prescott hater. I just don't think he's as good as people make him out. I, to be, I think. I think right? he wanted a sixth year. Yeah. Is what it well, was. Well, th- th- so the thing is, like last year, I, last year he was either first or second in passing. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. No, he's, he was either first or second. I, I'm just saying. I wish. I bet he wishes he had more job security right now. Right, but he, he was first and second in pass in passing. But they're still eight and eight last year. So what I think the reason why he was he had such a great year statistically last year was because they're playing from behind. And when you play from behind, you don't yeah, you, can go from you don't run the ball. So you just you yeah. keep passing it. And if you if you throw eighteen yard if you get sacked on first and second down, you throw eighteen yard completion on third down. That's an eighteen yard pass. You know. Yeah, it's eighteen. So I'm just saying, passing yeah, it's, it's eighteen passing yards, but you still have fourth and two left over. So it's yeah. like you know, are you really that good? That's what I mean. Like, yeah, stats stats don't matter that much. They do matter, but they don't matter that much. You got to watch the game. So, Flynn is so yep. yeah, yep. but Flynn. I do think. I do think Andy Dalton's better than we all make him out to be. Yeah. Um, and he came from a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, he had some Pro Bowl years under Marvin Lewis. You know, uh, there you go. That's my football rant. Yeah. So. All right. So on that note, there's something. Well, we, first of all, 
Patreon and uh, social media at Drunkonomical, D-R-U-N-K-U-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. That's us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash Drunkonomics. I'm getting smoother and smoother at this, aren't I? Just say yes. Thank you. Yeah. And find us on Discord, guys. Seriously, reach out to yeah. us. I'm updating um, that. I'm updating the invite tonight, and then yeah. it'll be permanent. And welcome. Yeah. And while you're at it, um, I don't know if you know, but we had some big news a couple weeks ago about our new podcast network, which we are very excited about. So, like, go check them out. They do. They do Hell Varsity. So, yep. if you're in Lincoln, you know how you know what Hell Varsity is. Just go check us no out on Herdat Media. Yeah. Is it herdatmedia.com yeah. or just com and um, these guys own Hale Varsity so if you're in Lincoln you know what Hale Varsity is that's the publication they cover a lot of Husker sports they're one of the more reputable ones and we're in their network I'm just I'm not bragging I'm just saying I'm not bragging dude I'm just saying like we're in their network so I mean I'm not bragging I'm just saying that's facts it's facts it's a humble brag exactly. well dude I'm not a humble bragger I'm just humble that's right I'll brag. Very up. humble. I'm so You're humble. the humblest. The humblest. Yeah. yeah. Most humble. Anyways, I'll stop bragging. I just know I won't. <laughs> I'll brag when the mic's off. I mean, gosh. There we geez. go. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But uh, I have a Cardinals game to watch. I'm a big Arizona Cardinals fan. So, and um, in the meantime, um, do you have no. anything else? I hope you have a... Uh, Fill the kill. Oh, Maybe. preview for next week. Maybe. Next week, be ready. Be ready for a scare. Zombie companies. Zombie companies. And Swear. we will talk more about we will talk more about monetary and fiscal policy because we because, did really you know what? We just talked, we also link up with zombie companies. Yeah. So we just talked about stimulating yeah. stimulating no, we the about, economy. Stimulating we about the stimulating news this Such week. Such a stimulating conversation we had. I'm feeling too stimulated. <laughs> oh God. Said no well, economy ever. Yeah. Well, with that said, man, I really hope you uh stay economical. Oh, cheers. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.